Welcome to our podcast, Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word. I am so excited for our guest today. I had the honor of meeting Lizzie Damimbola Blackburn, known as simply, you know, Lizzie to many. And we met on Instagram and we connected regarding the debut of her novel, Yinka, Where Is Your Husband? And this is husband with the H-U-Z, which I love, <laughs> husband. Uh, a fun fact about Lizzie is she actually does have a husband. Uh, she, she's also a self-declared lover of nachos, from what I understand. She's a British uh, Nigerian writer born in Peckham who wants to tell the stories that she and her friends have longed for but have never seen rom-coms where Cinderella is black and no one bats an eyelid. In 2019, she won the Literary Consultancy Pen Factor Writing Competition with the early draft of Yinka, Where Is Your Husband? Which she had, she had been writing alongside juggling her job at, um, I, I know I'm gonna get this wrong, career, it's not careers, it's Cackers? At Cabbage UK. Cares, Cares UK. She's been at the receiving end of the question in the title of her novel many times and now lives with her husband in Milton Keynes. Keynes? Keynes, yeah. <laughs> so, so Lizzie, I, I hope, you know, I did you justice. I don't know if you have anything that you'd like to add to that. No, I love that you know that I love nachos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't love nachos? I thought it was going to be more like fish and chips, but hey. And no, it's not. So you've been invited to our expert series to discuss your journey as a writer and the successful publication of Ginkgo, Where's Your Husband? Who, fortunately for us out here in the States, it's already here, it's available, um, and it'll be shortly available in March in the UK. But in a nutshell, describe your journey before and after getting public. Yeah, so um, it was quite a long journey, probably um, five years in total. Okay. And, um, it started way back in 2014, 2015. And um, I, I had this blog called Christian Dating Dilemmas. Um, and basically on the blog, there were like different short stories with um, Christian protagonists each going through some sort of love dilemma and the reason why they were Christian protagonists is because I was looking for mainstream fiction with a Christian lead character but I couldn't find any so I thought I would you know do something about it yeah and at the same time my dear Nigerian mom was also asking me about you know my boyfriend and when I'm going to settle down so I decided to write a story a short story about um a woman called Yinka, uh-huh. a woman who's kind of going through the same thing. Uh-huh. And I guess that's how Yinka, Where's Your Husband's Story was was birthed. It was actually a, a short story on a blog, on my blog that I, that it, it originally began. Um, wow. Yes, um, but I did turn into a novel came much later on when I met this amazing author called Jackie Lay at this blogging workshop that I attended. Mm-hmm. And as all writers do, I wanted to get some feedback on my writing, so I shared my blog with her. And in addition to giving me some really helpful, amazing feedback, she said, do you know what? I really like this Yinka character. I think you should turn her story into a novel. And I guess the rest you could say um, is history, but um, 
it didn't happen overnight. I kind of jumped into it blindly. Like I didn't know the magnitude of, you know, writing a book and what it entails. And right. so first year and a half, I was just kind of winging it. So just, you know, starting, stopping, starting again, not sh- too sure where to take the story or, or how to stretch this concept of a British Nigerian woman feeling the pressure to settle down into. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I read this amazing book recommended all writers called Story Engineering by Larry Brooks. Oh. And that was like my light bulb moment because it kind of explained to me that, you know, storytelling is a craft and mm-hmm. there needs to be like certain components for it to be engaging. So, you know, structure, um, conflict, stakes, like it sounds very obvious now, but at the time I didn't know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> From oh wow! I started to invest in myself um, mm-hmm. as a writer, you know. So attending like workshops, doing an online creative writing course, reading mm-hmm. more, um, and that's how I later entered the literary consultancy pen factor competition, um, and I won to my surprise. I didn't expect to win. <laughs> wow! And, yeah, that's how I met my agent because she was on the panel of judges. And to cut a long story short after asking for the first 50 pages of my manuscript and a synopsis, she offered me um, form rep- formal representation, which yeah. was amazing because at the time I didn't even have a full manuscript, but she saw a lot of potential in me as a writer and being a story. Yeah. Um, and then I think maybe just under a year later, I got a few book deal with Penguin. And wow. it's- yeah, it's been such an amazing journey and they've been fantastic in terms of like how they really helped me um, link her and just how to support me as an author as well. Yeah, yeah. They, um, the people that you work with were wonderful. Uh, the, your publicist, uh, oh my yeah. goodness. Um, <laughs> just such great follow through, so professional and uh, made made my job so much easier and I, I so appreciate that. So you're you're in such good hands and they have such good things to say about you. Oh, bless them. Yeah. So so what advice can you share with our author community regarding building a platform? Because I'm sure that's something you started hearing a whole lot about once you delved into writing and publishing. Yeah, so um, while I was writing, I really wasn't on like social media. So I had Instagram, but I didn't really use it. And I wasn't on Twitter. Um, but then once I got my book deal, I knew that I kind of had to, you know, dip my toe into social media. And I think the advice I would say is like, don't feel like you have to grow overnight. Like, you know, start small. Um, and also don't feel like you have to be on every single social media platform. So I would say pick one or two that you feel comfortable with. So in my case, it's just, um, Twitter and Instagram. I do have a Facebook account, but I don't really use it. Um, and also play around with different content as well. So mm-hmm. um, one thing that I do is that I document my journey. Mm-hmm. So I, every month I publish a column for the bookseller. Oh, okay. uh, um, publication website in the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, as part of that, to help promote it, I do like very short videos. Yeah. And um, I think that really helped because initially when I first started doing it, I was like, oh gosh, 
and put myself out there because I'm <laughs> naturally introverted. But yeah. looking back on it, that's kind of helped me to even do like this interview, for example, it's kind of yeah. built confidence over time. So I would say just kind of like play around with different types of content and see like um, what you feel comfortable with. And even if you don't feel comfortable straight away, just see it as a way that you can kind of go into it. Um, And then last, I would say that, you know, engage with other authors, engage with readers, engage with like book bloggers. Book bloggers are fantastic. They're like the most, you know, passionate, enthusiastic people you'll find on social media. And they (laughs) will jump in your book to the point where you don't have to do that much. Just engage with them, you know, say thank you for reading my book. Thank you so much for your support, you know, share their post on your Insta story. And yeah, just be authentic, be, your, be yourself and stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that is so good. I actually saw some of your videos on Twitter and you're oh, very mm-hmm. comfortable. Yeah, you seem like a natural in front of the camera. People, you don't, you, you'll see her picture on the on the episode but it does but she's very beautiful she's got killer arms oh my gosh I want those arms <laughs> and um <laughs> she's got great presence so you will enjoy you really will enjoy um interacting with those videos so check them out it's um, <laughs> <laughs> well, can you describe your background and share how that helps you to be a better writer yeah so I guess um in terms of writing the Inca stories, I'm British Nigerian, so I was kind of able to um, talk about the difficulties sometimes of being of having more than one culture. So, yeah. in some spaces, not feeling quite British enough, and in other spaces, not feeling quite Nigerian enough. So, yeah. I was able to kind of dig into that. Um, mm-hmm. And also, once upon a time, before I got married, I was a single woman. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, like thinking to myself am I ever going to meet someone um and just you know wondering when my time will come so I was really able to kind of dig into that emotion and to to show that experience as well and it was very important for me to kind of show it in a very authentic way because I know there are tons of women out there in Inca shoes um so that really helped too and yeah like you mentioned in, in my in the beginning I worked for a charity and um I don't want to give any spoilers, but I do touch <laughs> on tech in my book as well. So, yeah, being able to to draw on that too. Oh man, okay. It's and so you you're often featured on various podcasts and interviews. So, can you share with our audience how you make these vital connections? Yeah, I have to give credit to my um, publicity and marketing team because they've been fantastic, um, yeah. Christina um, and Chris. Christina and oh my friends and Christine that's why yeah yeah Christina and Christine (laughs) (laughs) yeah they've been fantastic at like pitching me to like you know everyone and 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 anyone and um so yeah give a shout out to them but also it's happened quite organically as well so I've had you know people like you direct message me people come through like my website so filling in the web form so I would say um, be accessible. Um, you know, when people do slide into your DMs, do actually read, yeah. <laughs> um, read them. And you know, um, even if they have a small following, like don't kind of turn your nose against mm-hmm. it. I think it's very good just to you know to build connections and to um, 
yeah just be more open and accessible and if it's not for you then at least you know send them a polite message to let yeah. them know yeah and you know what i've noticed is sometimes people who don't have gigantic um a gigantic following some of those people are powerful because they're so engaged with their followers. So one of their posts will get like 200, you know, likes and 50 comments. So that is super valuable. Don't just look at people who have thousands and thousands of followers. Look mm-hmm. at people who have great engagement. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So so one thing you are really amazing at is voice. So is there any words of encouragement you can offer to authors struggling with finding their voice? But before you before you go into that, I listen, I, listen, I want to just read this to you guys. This is an excerpt from her book. <laughs> Mom continues to pray for protection, safety and security. No weapon formed against Kemi shall <laughs> prosper. Now if you are if you're a Christian, this makes this makes me chuckle out loud okay uh, my my legs are starting to ache and my knees begin to wobble then at long last mom says what everyone has been waiting for lord answer our prayers in jesus's sweet holy precious name we pray <laughs> the last amen is triumphant i open my eyes to see a wave of women collapsing on their seats each breathing a loud sigh of relief except for big mama she's already slumped in her chair shoes kicked off and legs outstretched her toenails look like pork scratchings <laughs> tipped in red paint i smile big mama may not be the most decorous of my 300 old aunties because in nigerian culture every african woman who is older than you by at least 10 years is by default your auntie regardless of whether or not you're blood related but still i can't help but love the woman Hold on, she thrusts forward in her chair. Tulu, you didn't pray for your oldest daughter, mom, who for the past two hours has been patting her bird's nest of a weave sporadically as if she has fleas, turns to me with wide eyes. Oh yes, she exclaims, using one hand to hoist up her wrapper while the other continues to pat her itchy scalp. How could I forget about Yinka, the investment banker, which Now that goes on to this is this is hilarious because it goes on to to show how your the, the mom uh doesn't mention she mentions her her profession as an investment banker but she's not really an investment banker she's an operations <laughs> is it it just I laugh because I see this in Caribbean culture you know what I mean like Uh, you could be a columnist, but you know, next thing they're like, "Yeah, she owns this magazine." Yeah. You know, they because they they they're proud of you and they will want to brag on you through what you do. You know, it's 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 hilarious. But how rich because in this description, you do such a masterful job of showing versus telling. You could just see this person, and she's endearing to us um, <laughs> as many of our aunties are. So after that long uh, question and and sharing an example of your voice, what encouragement can you offer to people? Yeah, and you've had beautifully, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would say that everyone has a unique voice and everyone has a natural voice that's true to them. So as cliche as it sounds, I would say 
be yourself like be true to that because I think when I first started writing Yinka's story I tried to mimic some of my favorite authors like Zayda Smith and Shamanda but actually that's not my natural voice and I realized that I'm actually quite witty and humorous and sarky oh yeah you are (laughs) (laughs) I would say yeah so um stay true to yourself and if you are kind of struggling and there were many times when I was struggling um it might be because there's like there's a reason for that so it could be you know fear or stress or doubt and sometimes it's good to take a bit of a bit of like space from your writing mm-hmm. and a bit, bit of like self-reflection and a bit of um journaling as well so mm-hmm. ask yourself okay what is it that's causing me to feel this way why am I having those negative thoughts why am I doubting myself as a mm-hmm. writer and mm-hmm. I think the more you, you you unpack that and confront it as well I think that's where you can allow your true writer's voice to blossom and to kind mm-hmm. of like seek through the cracks yeah. so it's kind of like living in your your truth in your and your best self really yeah and also reading other um books by authors who have a similar kind of writing voice to you mm-hmm. so in my case I love um Sophie Kinsella and Lindsay Kelk so they're kind of like chiclet romance yeah. author mm-hmm. with again a witty voice so that kind of helped me especially mm-hmm. the audio book version as well to kind yeah. of um Listen out, listen to the rhythm as well, because sometimes with comedy, it's all about timing. Yeah, it's all about yeah. you know getting the sentences like um, your sentences have to be like very punchy. Yeah. So listening out to how they do it helped me kind of find my voice um, yeah. as well. Yeah. So I have your book in two versions, right? And I have the I also have the audio book. Because I'm oh, like, I, ha- I have to crunch, I have to get a you know, crunch time. I need to, if I'm interviewing her, I need to have the book. Uh, I mean, I got it, you know, through your um, publicist, but I also wanted to hear it. And the person who does the audio does an amazing job. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I haven't done the entire version, but the snippet I've heard, she smashed it. Yeah. <laughs> she has smashed it. Now she makes you scream laugh because she totally. <laughs> <laughs> she gets the snarky humor. She's got the. She has. She is she Nigerian. She, yes. She, yeah. She has okay. to be. Yeah, because the, oh, it's it's so authentic. So <laughs> you just really can you can really um, visualize the things that are happening, and you could just see the people that she's talking about. Um, I love I love when she kisses her teeth. Now that's <laughs> this is <laughs> kissing your teeth is a very Caribbean. African kind of thing because a, yes. a lot of cultures don't know anything about it. <laughs> but, but that is that is very interesting. Something that Jamaicans do is they show you directions with their lips. I don't know what that oh, is about. Okay. <laughs> you guys do that? My mom yeah. does it. Yeah. She does it. Okay. It's so <laughs> so you just nail it. It oh my gosh, it's it's so well done. Yeah. <laughs> Now, most writers are self-employed and um, or they have other jobs as well and besides writing. And this creates a demand for organization and scheduling. So can you share your method to keep organized? Yeah, so um, when I was writing Yinka, I was I did have a, a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, I did find it very difficult to balance the yeah. two. 
um, especially because I was working in London and I live in Milton Keynes and it's a two hour commute each way. Um, so I would say you just have to kind of maximize whatever time you have. So mm-hmm. there were times when if I was to meet up with a friend for dinner, I would take my laptop with me um, to mm-hmm. work. I would just kind of like go into a meeting room and just write for like an hour or so before um, leaving the office. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, they can write on the train. For me, I, I find it quite difficult, but um, I would say, yeah, try and maximize the time that you do have. I would also mm-hmm. say, um, let the people that you're quite close to know that you're writing. And I know like for some writers, they don't like to let other people know that they're writing because I don't know what the reason it is. Maybe um, we're very modest or shy, but the reason yeah. why to let, letting them know is because you need time to write and sometimes yeah. you have you can't always speak on the phone or you can't always meet up but if you yeah. let them know then hopefully they can understand and yeah. they can even make great accountability partners as well so yeah uh, my husband is quite great at that as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, <good>. yeah <laughs> oh. um, and I would say, yeah, to get off social media. So um, there's one app called Focus to Do. I have that. Um, oh, you have it? Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So that's great for doing writing sprints. So mm-hmm. you can set a time for 25 minutes and then have a break of five minutes. And if you do try to like go on like on social media, I think it tends to vibrate as a small sign. Yeah. Um, yeah, make, of like apps like that but um I think it's just kind of like maximizing the time that you have really I don't have a, a magic formula unfortunately yeah but those are all good that's really good advice and I like what you talked about letting people know you're writing I don't know what it is about writers I don't I if we feel you feel like weird like oh I don't want people to think that I'm thinking I'm all that like I'm writing so don't bother mm-hmm. me but um it's really it really is your job it's yeah. really part of your career. Even if you don't do it full time, it's still your job. That's still exactly. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, yeah. like, let's say, for example, um, you enjoy, I don't know, playing tennis. Mm-hmm. Like, while you're playing tennis, no one would say, no one would disturb you because you're pe- playing tennis, you're playing a sport. But I feel like with writing, you kind of have to use the same, go with the same attitude. So sometimes yeah. your husband is disturbing me a bit too much. I'm like, I'm actually working. <laughs> you might yeah. not look like I am. If, if I was on a tennis um, pitch, you wouldn't just kind of like sh- stroll in and disturb right. my game. <laughs> yeah. Because it, the tendency is to think, because I work from home, and so it, I have a home office, and the tendency is to think, oh, well, she's home. You know, so maybe yeah. you could just go out to lunch with me constantly, or yeah. you could just hang out in the gym, and you could run errands for me. I'm like, no, you... <laughs> <laughs> what we're working yeah oh my gosh and then you have to be your own boss and you know what that's like <laughs> you gotta manage yourself really good and, and i love that you said that you have to have accountability partners and, and your, mm. your spouse is an accountability partner does he write mm. as well no he's more into like film so he's a, a just freelance filmmaking but he he loves like stories so he's a great person to kind of bounce ideas with oh good yeah okay yeah that helps right. okay <laughs> yeah so you're one of those where you're like can you just listen to this chapter i just <laughs> some of my family members they're like it's your turn mom's at it again she wants us to um... 
Well, how how do you recommend lacing writing and speaking engagements with morality? Yeah, I would say um, write what you're passionate about and don't feel like because that in my case, so I mentioned how I've got a witty, sarky writing voice. Um, but don't if you have a voice like that, don't feel like you can't write about serious issues that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So big example, I'll touch on like um, themes such as colorism and grief in my book, but I'm still able to inject humor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is don't feel like you have to write like Toni Morrison or Chimamanda to write yeah. about <laughs> the <laughs> that you're passionate about. Just kind of be true to who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I love, do, do you watch This Is Us? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's a brilliant example of like a show that's able to touch on serious issues such as like, you know, um, grief and like family dysfunction um but also inject humor and warmth and um and love as well so yeah it's possible i I recommend that show to to all writers i think it's really really good i think the writing is amazing it's the writing is so good i'm like how do they do how do they pull this off and they do such a good time good job of taking a really difficult subject because you that that show is a lot about grief it's about you know mental illness it's about managing your weight uh, it's about so many things uh, but they always manage to point us back to the light that everything yeah. is not so dark you know we don't need to drown beneath the darkness it's there, there are things that keep them afloat, like you know, loyal, being loyal and and mm-hmm. love. The the power. I think that what comes through on that show is the power of love. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you know yeah. especially with the interracial adoption. You know, uh, it's so many levels. The fact that there's no matter what, doesn't matter that they're they didn't come from the same mother mm-hmm. um, and father, but they are very much family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so good. <laughs> now, are there any um, other projects or upcoming books that you would like to update our listeners about? Um, so in terms of myself, I'm currently writing um, books too, but I, I can't say too much about it, only that yeah. it's connected to Yinka's world. So I think fans of Yinka will be delighted to hear that. Um, and yeah, this year, we're so blessed to have like a lot of, books by black British authors mm-hmm. um, come out this year so um, Wahala is currently out that's by Nikki May and that's been described as Sex in the City with a killer edge and it has <laughs> Anglo Nigerian characters and it's oh. amazing it's such wow. a page <laughs> can you repeat the title it's Wahala you said Wahala yeah um, by Nikki May oh, wow, uh, Wahala basically means um, trouble in like pigeon language oh my goodness sex in the city with an edge and a Mm. and a killer killer twist is that what you said yeah loads of twists (laughs) oh we gotta check that out oh my goodness well we're gonna be definitely on the lookout for for your um next book how how can a writing community stay in touch with you get a copy of your book let us 
Yeah, so um, you can follow me on Instagram at Lizzie Dummy Blackburn or on Twitter at Damlola Lizzie. And um, You Encourage Your Husband is available, I guess, in all good bookstores. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, some of those here in the States, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, even and guys, don't forget about Target. Target carries a lot of um, those those good books. You can find her on tar- in Target as well. And um, we just loved hanging out with you. <laughs> we learned so much. <laughs> Love the accent. I'm so sad. I lost mine. I was born in England. Came over oh, when I was what, way too. Yeah, I was born in West Ham. Came over oh, way too young. Yeah. So. <laughs> But I think if I talk to you long enough, maybe you can absorb some of my New York accent and I can absorb. I'm gonna say I love your accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when I speak. You can exchange. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, um, audience, let's not forget to use our words to pierce through the darkness.